time for the first episode of the Antoinettes. It's happening. So I'm Antoinette Latou. And I'm Azure Antoinette. And welcome to the podcast where, well, two smartasses tackle one problem each week. And nothing's off the table, y'all. We're not always going to break bread or agree. And welcome to the Benfire. Welcome to the shit show indeed. So I'm going to introduce you, Azure. So my fellow Antoinette on the podcast, Azure Antoinette, is so many things. She is an African-American poet. She is a speaker, a corporate crisis fixer, a DJ, an actress, one of those people with so many slashes in her name, but also freaking hilarious. I don't think I've ever said so many nice things about you, but I mean them all. You may know my really, really loving and emotionally centered Mm -hmm. co-host, Antoinette Latouf, who is an award-winning journalist, a columnist, an author, a 100% social advocate hellraiser, and um, all around probably my toughest critic and hardest audience to date. I think what I love the most about Antoinette Latouf is her incredible skill set to just bring me to my knees via text. (laughs) It's really very exciting. It's quite fast. So you have a poet and a journo tackling all things big and small. I really love you. I do, Name Twin. And um, we knew it was going to be something raucous because when I met you last year, I was like, wow, she's like the confluence of like red flag and don't go over there. No. So I naturally went over there. Last time you were like, confluence of the red flag and the haha emoji. Yeah. I preferred that okay. pairing. But, well, I have always gone where the heat is, where the dexterity is, where the discomfort is. I really do revel in that space. So I know a lot of people in my different industries, you know, in the States between New York and LA have hit me up about our upcoming pod and, um, you know, have come to know you about a very incredible, what I believe is going to be kind of a title precedence, precedence in in the legal system, because you've got a really, uh, a really appetizing, you know, like little snack of a case with the alphabet coming up here. By talking about the alphabet, people, yeah, uh-huh. you're referring to the ABC, I the am public broadcaster, them. but I blame you, Azur, oh. because as this was all unfolding in the beginning and I was a bit shell-shocked and you came over and you were like, and you, you know, gave me all these, I'm a poet and I know it kind of words. I didn't say any of that <laughs> um, because I don't hate myself. <laughs> I've then, never walked into a room and said anything like that. This and is then conjecture. you just said all of these things and you're like, Antoinette, just stay, just be yourself. And I'm like, my name twin told me to stay, so I'm just going to stay and listen be myself. Listen to me. Listeners, listen to me. I didn't mean your whole self. I meant a half or a <laughs> friction of what you think that might be. Lessen that in two parts by two. And then I open up the phone the next day and I'm like, here we go. Yeah, so well, here you, we you go. want me to be Antoinette or Jason? Yeah, I would like you to be Antoinette, not proper. Okay, well, I know a lot of people interested to hear about my case, but we have plenty of time to talk about it because ain't that just a shit show for Mm. a bunch of reasons. Mm -hmm. Free speech, the state of our independent public broadcaster, blah, blah, blah. But when the time is right, don't worry, Azura and I will be hashing it all out unfiltered, unashamed, unbeeped, Antoinette adjacent, Mm -hmm. the whole lot, but not today. Not this day. Here is what we are going to talk about today, and that is art and monsters. You know what I love about you is how soft you are. You know, you were like, here's what we're going to talk about, you know, and it could be anything. You could say anything after that, and you picked art and monsters. Yeah, and what happens when they collide? Mm. Because this got me thinking, you just got back from the US, in fact, 
just yes. this morning. You were an overnight flight. You were there for the Grammys. Mm-hmm. Were you up for one? Yes. Best song for social change. Thank you. That is a huge deal. Yeah, it was um, It was massive. It was a massive deal. I, d- I didn't win. And this is my second time being a Grammy-considered recording artist. This is my first time up for this award. And what I was telling my my partner, I said to her, I said, you know, it's not that I'm not excited about this. It's not that I don't feel like this is an impressive honor. It's just that I would love to be merited for my talent as a musician and as a writer and not for the, the, the ability to place tragedy inside of a song. Like I, w- I would like to, yeah. I would like to be awarded because I really have honed my craft, not because I'm very good about placing these very tragic events inside of something that people feel it's malleable enough for them to listen to. So it's, it's, um, it's been, it's been interesting. I'm not suggesting you're a monster. I just wanted to make it. Re- no, no, no. I just wanted to make it really clear. No, because I suggested art and monsters, and then I said it over to you, Azul. Y'all see how she does me? Like it's like I didn't even put that together. You were like, and the monster. So Azul, tell us about that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just making clear. Mm. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. You want right. to make art that's not the basis and the bedrock is not trauma, Correct. And social inequality. Yep. That's right. Hats that's off right. to you. Thank you. Appreciate that. And yes. You not being a monster was just in case people, they're still getting to know us as all. You can't ever assume that the audience fully understands the context in which. But of course, of course you don't let them just naturally deduce. You're like, I'm not saying that to you. (laughs) Yeah. That's not what I've said. Mm -hmm. So I I appreciate you clearing that up for everyone. Yeah. But the reason I wanted to give a shout out for this incredible nomination or consideration, because I'm not allowed to say nomination. I don't know why. Because off the back of the Grammys and just here in Australia a few days ago were the Actor Awards and it got me thinking about some of my favourite musicians and TV and film stars and then I automatically started feeling super guilty because some of them are criminals, others are pretty repulsive human beings and yet I can't stop loving their work, can't stop, won't stop, even though I've tried. So our dilemma today, how do you deal with the morally or criminally tainted artist? Do we stop consuming their art, pretend they never existed, that's what the Antoinettes are grappling with. Have you thought about that before, Azor? Yeah. I mean, I think about it constantly. I think about it as a musician. I think about it as an actress, an entertainer. I think about it as an American citizen, as a woman. Like, I think about it across the board. For me, it doesn't even just, it's not even just limited to whether it's film or it's music. Like, it, there's, there's so many instances where we bless really heinous nonsense because it's a public figure. It, it, like there's so there's so many moments and music is at the top of that joy scheme. So yeah, I'm 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 here for it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And back to the Grammys and you being considered not yep. nominated. Yep. Chris Brown <laughs> was nominated. Yep. And he was nominated for Best R&B Performance. Yep. And I was like secretly going, oh, I want Chris Brown to win. Yeah, right. So when I text you, because yeah. of the time difference, I was like, how'd you go? How'd you win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you win? And then I also wanted to know, did Chris Brown win? Yeah, right. Um, and the issue is, as many would know, 15 years ago, he assaulted his then girlfriend, Rihanna. Mm-hmm. It was awful. It was vicious. And as someone who grew up with a lot of domestic violence, experienced it, witnessed it, I personally abhor it. Yep. I often talk about the fact that in Australia, every week, a woman is killed at the hands of a current or past intimate partner. And then I'm like, how can I love this guy's music and keep listening to it when he is con- is a convicted criminal? Mm. Am I terrible? Am I a terrible person, Azor? Chris Brown is an incredibly talented artist. I would say if I looked at that without having any understanding of what 
happened all of those years ago, you would think to yourself, like, he sticks with it. He does the work. His ethic is incredible. He tours. He's 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 charting. He's doing all of those things. No, you're not a terrible person. And I 100% am against domestic violence. Also, being a victim of that, being around it, it is absolutely disgusting. That That case was abhorrent. It was it was awful to witness, to see those photos. They recently have been kind of interacting on social media and different things to a host of, of different reactions. But there are, Antoinette, there are so many prior to Chris Brown, post Chris Brown, that it's still happening. And you're looking at this mess in real time. And it's really difficult to figure out like where the gauntlet is, who's going through the trap yeah. door, who does, who gets canceled, who doesn't, who is blessed, who is permitted, whatever that is. It, it is really very confusing. And you're right. Speaking about that long list and who who's going through the, the trap door, those who have been accused of saying or doing either disparaging, sometimes criminal and other times just like freaking yuck things. Yeah. It's a long list. So there's yep. Michael Jackson, yep. Woody Allen, sure. J.K. Rowling, Kanye yep. West, Pablo Picasso, R. Kelly, yep. Louis C.K., Bill Crosby, Roman Polanski. God, if we started listing athletes, we'd never stop. 100%. Um, and you pretty much sort of like can't walk through a museum and assume that the art was made by people who maybe didn't rape anybody. Yep. Like many of those people yep. were bad. Yep. The thing about Chris Brown, I don't want to speak about Chris Brown the entire time, even though I do adore his music and that's kind of the crux of my struggle, is that since that event, yeah. he's had 20 other instances yeah. of yeah. violent or aggressive behaviour. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, was, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a one, one oh, and done. 100%. And there, there is not a space where you are the perpetrator of that kind of violence and you're like, oh, it's out of my system. I mean, we could go through a litany and host of psychiatric and psychological, you know, profiles. And yeah, of course, that's not going to happen once. That wasn't the first time. And it certainly wouldn't have been the last. It is difficult for me to bear witness, to hone in on just one artist. Well, let's try and find that boundary and what that level of accountability should be. Like sure. In the first instance, can we separate art from the artist? Because we can't help what our ears like or what our eyes like to watch, but yeah. we can be conscious of what our actions imply. Sure. So as a very premise, do you think you can separate the art and the artist and be like, well, he's a douche, don't condone that. However, we'll continue to buy records, go to the concert, watch the musicals, whatever. It's very hard for me to give you a flat answer. I don't know what everyone else is about. I, for for myself, music is such an integral part of my life. I I take it in a way that feels second skin to my soul or things that make me beat and get up. It makes me think all of the time about the songs that I play, about the music that I put in rotation if I'm DJing, because I'm like, what am I then saying is all right? What am I then saying is permissible? It is fair, though, to say that there are some crimes, and some aren't even crimes, they're just accusations that are worse than others. Yeah. So let's talk about some of those. Yeah. So we have like Michael Jackson and pedophilia, mm-hmm. which, you know, some will continue to dispute it never happened. And then we have someone, say, like J.K. Rowling, mm-hmm. who has said things considered by many to be transphobic. Yep. I would argue that those two are quite different. Yep. You know, saying things that offends a minority, not cool, mm-hmm. doing things to a, one of the most vulnerable parts of our society, which mm. is children, mm-hmm. when you're in a position of power and an adult. And mm-hmm. as you as you would know, is likely to impact that human being for the rest of their life. Yeah, yeah. That is different. You know, it for me, J.K. Rowling, although I, I, I agree with you 
on the level that she she has said and made offensive, disparaging statements to the trans community. Those statements and the things that she has said, like is is her her bedrock of what she believes that may fall on the ears of somebody who is not mentally stable. And and the trans community is at risk of, sorry, not at risk. They are under attack constantly. So when JK Rowling, who is beloved all over the world, you know, says a thing and that falls on a person who is not entirely stable and then they go out and. But she's not, she's not saying go and bash up trans people. No, but, but she makes not inciting violence. she, She might be. Well, nothing I've seen. Yeah, but it's you don't know how that's going to be interpreted. I do think, though, discriminatory statements, yes, when you have such a cult following and you influence so many, including some people who may be unhinged. Sure. You have a responsibility. That's different to committing a crime. Oh, it is. Listen, 100%. Yes, yes. I, I do 100% agree with that yeah. because the the artist – and let's just take MJ. I have a huge problem. I think what happens with MJ is really interesting because a lot of people have mastered the fine art of being able to defend the atrocious actions of somebody because they revere them as an artist. Yeah. And they will perform all sorts of oh. verbal and emotional and mm-hmm. moral gymnastics oh, yeah. to make the case. And I think in many cases it's less about the horrific nature of what they've done or are accused of and more of what they need to do to justify for themselves. Because, And I know this because I do it with Chris Brown. A hundred percent. yeah, well, but, I mean, his music, it yes. makes me happy. It just comes yes. up. I really like it. It makes yes. me dance. He's talented, guys. Right. He's probably sorry mm-hmm. for what he did about Rihanna. Yep. Yeah, um, a lot of times pass. What did you do when you were younger? Exactly. And I think Michael Jackson has that on an even more. Like Michael Jackson has that on a global level. Absolutely. And I, I don't rock with him like that. So do you not listen to his music? Not really. Mm-mm. And I grew up loving him. You know, but like, what does not really mean? I mean, uh, you don't put it on, but it might be on. If it's on, fine. But that's not because I. It's in my playlist or in my set somewhere. If it comes on and I hear it, I'm not turn the speakers off, but I'm, I do maintain the line that like for me, and it is not, it is not a competition. You know, we, we get into this space, this oppressive Olympics around like what's worse than the other infraction kids for me is a boundary. Like that is a, a, that is a hard ass line. And that is, that is being a three-time sexual assault survivor, DV survivor, kids. So Michael Jackson and I, like, I'm just not really, I just can't, nope, I'm not really, I'm not here with it. Almost felt like Michael Jackson needed to die mm. before a lot of people accepted what he did. And now they're like, well, what, he's dead now. Oh, yeah. I don't. And he's a legend. Yeah. And there's not much we can do. It's tough. And I mean, I mean, the moonwalk's really fun after six drinks. Totally. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I have watched people, and I think you said it best, the gymnastics and the blessing, and they're just, well, you know, and, and it was a time. What do you mean it was a time? Like, what is the, what, like, what is that? Because those young men who were impacted by this are still very much impacted today. And there are so many different spaces we could pull from and draw in conversation about this where we just, people are just like, yeah, well, and they just, they just like museum met hush it. They're like, mm, yeah, well, yeah. I think it's important to note also that there is a long list and a growing list of these artists who do morally and sometimes criminally reprehensible things, bar a few exceptions like J.K. Rowling, who we talked about with her trans comments, Mm -hmm. Virginia Woolf, known to be 
quite the racist and yep. anti-Semi. Yep. Another thing I'd like to point out that offends me about her is that, like, wolf with double O, I just don't get it. That will something uh, that is something I will forever hold against her. Oh, 100%. I mean, as well as the, the racism and anti-Semitism. Which would be primary. However, it is overwhelmingly men. Yeah. It is men in history behaving badly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise you. No, but I mean. But there, there is also that, well, you know, it was a different time for Picasso and men yeah. with power and yeah. perhaps what is shifting is that we no longer accept that, oh, it was just a mad genius and some artists are mad genius and they had lots of fans and so some, sometimes they did some bad things. I think overall as you look at historical context of bad behavior, things going abhorrently wrong, any sort of degradation, the difference between all of those, no matter where we are industry-wise, gender-specific topic, is the fact that you can't hide the information anymore. It took people a very long time to get to the scandal because there was no social media. There was no documenting from all of the civilians. Everybody's got a camera now. There's all of these things that make this stuff go a hell of a lot faster than it used to. You know, so there's not a, there's an inability to hush. I do wonder though, to your point of with social media and people talking about it more and with me too, that the old justifications or attitudes are no longer going to stick. Yeah. And so by the time the revelations of some of these horrible people came to light and where the discussion was about feminism and accountability, they'd been long celebrated and awarded and revered and in the ears and hearts and eyes of lots of people. However, moving forward, if these things begin to happen, I think and I hope that those conversations about accountability, and I hate to use the word cancellation, but what we do with their art is a swifter kind of act, or you're not yeah, you're not they're confident. Not, they're not gonna they're not gonna do shit about it. No, nothing's going to happen to it. What we witnessed when I was in it must have been primary school was the fallout with the Star Report with President Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky or Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill. Like nothing. Nothing is going to happen to them. Nothing is going to happen to their legacy, their work, their museum. No, I, I, no, but I just think if Bill Clinton was president right now and what happened with Monica Lewinsky right now and he's like, I don't recall. Actually, Joe Biden might be able to say that because he literally can't he, recall. He, he won't he be, able to recall. be able to recall. Yeah, and that's a cognitive issue. 100%. I'm just not sure that the way the media would treat Monica, the way Bill Clinton's career was able to continue and his legacy maintained, I'm just not entirely convinced it would fly, it would stick in 2024. Why? What on earth makes you, what What have you seen that says that like that's changed? Certainly the conversations have changed and having more women in power, some more women in power, I think that begins to shift things. Oh, that's bullshit. Because if that were true, then you wouldn't be on trial right now. If having women in power and having women have a voice and having women be able to actually affect the effect of the world that we live in, you, oh. you, yeah, that's, I mean, that's adorable. Like, I love the concept. Oh, you know what? So you're just saying Monica Lewinsky would just have a podcast. A hundred percent. And she probably fucking does, but they don't want to put it out there. Like, I just- But BTS does work. Like, uh-huh. the boycott, divestment and sanctions. Uh-huh. It does work. And what we have seen, particularly with Gen Z, is that they vote and they buy with their feet and their hearts. Yeah. Um, and their ethics. Yeah. And so- 
that is changing. It's and something where, that our generation doesn't do. Where are they though? No, but they, but they are. They, 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 but they, they're currently doing it, and I'm saying, and, sure. and there there are organisations that yes. see, see the impact of their sentiments, like whether it's because um, they're boycotting them because of their environmental record or because of their human rights record or whatever it is, that there is very much like the young ones, I think they're changing things. They are much more environmentally and politically engaged and happy to put their money where their mouth is. Is this going to change when they're going to try and have to buy their first property and their ideals have to go out the door and they buy into needing a negatively geared property and they just get on this whole capitalist individualist train? Maybe. But at the moment, I I have a bit of hope. I suspect if I spoke to a room of people in their late teens and early 20s and said, would you listen to Chris Brown, that they'd say no. Would yeah. you buy or do you stream his music? Yeah, it, they would say no. I know that you don't, you know, play Michael Jackson in your set, you avoid that music. What I'm comfortable doing is not revisiting the art or consuming the art when their art reflects the awful shit they did. 100%. And one example of that is R. Kelly, who's currently serving time for pedophilia. He wrote a song for his now deceased girlfriend when she was a teenager and he was having sex with her. And this is the song that makes me want to puke when I hear it. There you have it, age ain't nothing but a number. Yeah. Well, it, it's not just a number, babes. R. Kelly, who I mean, wrote and produced this song. It it's a one, felony. It's, it's a crime. It's so felonious. Yeah. It is a number as well as a felony. Another one is Woody Allen. And so as some of you may know, Woody Allen was found to be having sexual relations, to use the words of um, Bill Clinton, which he denied, with his teenage stepdaughter. And a film that he was very well known for is Manhattan. And in that film, he was he played the 42-year-old lead character and he was dating a 17-year-old. Let's take a listen. Do you love me? Yeah, that's what, if, yeah, of course, that's what this is all about. Guess what? I turned 18 the other day. I'm legal, but I'm still a kid. You're not such a kid. 18 years old. You know, you can, you can, they can draft you. Yeah, so what's vomit and cringe for me in that is you can hear just how young and see how young this actress is, who's obviously a 17-year-old as well, and he talks about his boyish impetuosity um, and like, do you still love me? And she's speaking about her parents and I'm just like, oh, my God. And that's like art imitating life or mm-hmm. art imitating crimes, all, all of it. Absolutely. So for me that's a no-brainer. Yeah. I'm like, put that in the bin. 100%. Nope. Hundred percent, and I believe that there is a visceral reaction from things that are just. There's no reason for you to even have to try and and see the inference. There are things that are so blatant and so gross that you're just like, you know what? I'm mm-mm. that's a that's a hard that's a hard line. Like that's a no. So I'm I'm with you on that. hundred percent. So in the absence of an online moral calculator, which can ex, you know assess the heinousness of the crime versus the greatness of the art, I guess there are a few ways you can navigate this. So some options moving forward, you can keep consuming their work with a you know a conscience that tells you you separate the art from the artist, then you can do what you did, Azur, and just have some principled stances on some things that are just so you just can't redeem yourself. It's done. It's horrific. And just go, I'm not going to play that music. I'm not going to watch that show. And that's you removing the artist from your life or 
what I'm doing is continue consuming with mixed emotions, a lot of guilt, but I guess what I have thought about today is being mindful of my environment, yeah. who I share that love of art with, sure, and sure. mindful of victims yeah. or people who are victims of similar crimes or hate speech that sure. this artist sure. is known for and Absolutely. how they may feel about Absolutely. my public consumption or Absolutely. public playing or public endorsement. Absolutely. And I think the concept or the practice of acknowledgement mm. is is really very key in, in any space where you're dealing with something that has dexterity and has a space to offend or uproot. You know, it is important to maintain compassion and empathy and understand that like one size isn't going to fit all that one narrative. It doesn't mean that that is all true. Whatever those things are, it is about us being cognizant of, of reading the room, right? It, it, it is about that. Like we can feel a way about things, but you absolutely cannot just assume that it's one way or the other. So I'm, I'm here for that. I'm here for, I'm, I'm here for the being mindful of the environment. I think that that is so critical and so crucial. Well, well, that's it for our first episode of the Antoinette. And I never thought I would say this, but R. Kelly helped us pop our cherry as well. Listen, I want you to know, those of you that are listening to us and haven't already filed a case against us, um, that that we, we as a constituency duo, don't always often think the same things. And one of us, one of us may make the recommendation not to say the thing about someone with a last name Kelly. One of us thinks that. Next week mm. on the Antoinette. If there is a next week. <laughs> as we continue to navigate the shit show. As we do. We are going to explore International Women's Day and oh. whether we just need to chuck it in the bin, get rid of it. Do we need it anymore? But that is it for this week. Thank you for hanging out with the Antoinettes. It is a privilege to entertain you, keep you company. If you want more from the friends who share a name that hasn't been popular since 1880, you can find us wherever you subscribe and get your podcasts from. And it would also be fabulous if you would give us a rating. And when you're thinking about rating, think about the poetic Antoinette also <laughs> um, and try to put her above maybe the other Antoinette hey. when doing the review just just in the review of this first really casual episode where one of us might have ended it in such a strange way <laughs> that the other one is like will we even have an audience later what are you suggesting they already have to tell us who their favorite Antoinette no, is no no that's the listen you got I'm always gonna be here for you you know I love you <laughs> write us a review uh, tell your friends about us you can tell them about me first if that if that feels you know like that feels like where you wanna land you can also chat with us on Facebook Instagram TikTok any day anytime it's a shit show out there you guys we just beg you please 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 be safe <laughs> <laughs>